This is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to episode number 15 of Amber on Podcast. I'm super stoked because we're having our podcast quinceanera right now. I'm thrilled. I was always obsessed with quinceaneras when I was this, when I was a kid in Corpus Christi, Texas. There were a lot of quinceaneras and it was the shit. You get this great dress and you get this posse of people that like come and are in your crew and you get to select them and you do a dance. Everyone wears really nice outfits and they're always fajitas. Everyone's dancing and there's always a DJ. It's fucking great. I don't have any of that stuff right now for my podcast, but I'm so excited to bring you still episode number 15 of Amber on Podcast. And before I get started today, I want to share a little bit about why I came up with this idea and why I talk about the subject matter that I do because I feel like I need to give a little bit more explanation for those of you who are tuning in for the first time or those of you who have listened to other episodes before. You've probably heard me mention my transformation, but I had a transformation fairly recently in which I became a completely different person. I went through a lot of things in my life that completely changed my perception, my point of view. They made me look inward and outward and see things and see the world in a different light. And as such, since then, I have continued to grow and develop and learn based on the the new person that I have become. And, you know, people in my life that are close to me definitely notice a change. Of course, I notice a change, and I'm so excited to embrace the change and continue to learn and grow um, as we all are as we go through this journey of life. So this podcast has really been an exploration of all the things that I've learned to date and all of the resources and the information and the people that have shared their message and how important and how helpful it's been for me. Now, also, it's served as an exercise or a reminder for when I am dealing with things in my life and things that I need help understanding, things that I need more exploration on or things that I'm confused about or different things that are happening in my life that I see as problematic or or confusing or I don't like the outcome of a certain way that I'm managing a, a situation. So a lot of what I cover with you guys, what I share with you guys is a result of that. So this episode episode is no different, and it happens to be from a great group of individuals with really great taste in not only people, but ethics and how to do good in the world, which is my favorite thing to talk about, how to do more good. So let's start the show. Today, today I'm bringing you a very important episode of Oprah's Super Soul Conversation, and the person that she's interviewing today on this episode of her podcast is not only a great person because he's associated with Oprah, and if you are on Oprah, you've done something noteworthy because I don't think she talks to assholes or or jokers, right? Like, Oprah's pretty legit. I think she has great taste. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm a recent fan of Oprah. I definitely had to get a little bit more enlightened in order to understand what her message was, was truly saying, and I'm so happy that I have finally gotten on board the Oprah train because now I know of another great person who was nominated for a Nobel Prize, a Nobel Peace Prize by Martin Luther King, who Martin Luther King is my ultimate old school hero. Before, Martin Luther King is my James Altucher circa circa like 1990. As soon as I found out who Martin Luther King Jr. was, what he did, I was enamored. I was so obsessed 
and so in love. Uh, I still really have, I mean, there have been a few people in my life that I have this perception of where I just think that he's a genuine hero, just an amazing person. And while I feel like a lot of other people have a lot of really great traits and really, really special characteristics, hello, Beyonce, there are a few people who I look at the way that I look at Martin Luther King Jr. um, that really, really just impress me wholeheartedly in the things that they've done and the people that they surround themselves with and the work that they promote. Martin Luther King was a big fan of this guy who happens to be on Oprah's podcast, and this guy is a Buddhist monk. He is a Buddhist monk who's really, really well-known because, as I mentioned, he was friends with Martin Luther King Jr. They worked together quite closely during the Vietnam War because they were in- both interested in nonviolence. His name is Tick Not Hong. He's a Buddhist monk. He is being interviewed on Oprah Winfrey's show, and... The things that he has to say are really, really important. I'm going to go through them and share them, share the important ones with you, rather. He had a lot to say, and I'll link all of that in the show notes. You guys can watch the interview on YouTube as well. But there are a few things here that I really want to touch on because, like I mentioned at the top of the show, they helped me live my life. And I'm interested in in expressing these to you guys and sort of connecting the dots and the ideas in what's being discussed today on a global platform and in the media was concerning meditation and compassion and listening. So um, let's get started. Here we go. First, Oprah asks Tick Not Hung a very basic question. What does it mean to be a monk? And I think that's pretty fair because I'm all I'm sitting over here probably like most of us, like I don't even know what a monk is. You wear a robe, you chant, you live in the mountains. That's about the extent of what I know. He gives a really, really great explan- explanation. He says that to be a monk is to have enough time to practice for your transformation and your healing. So you have to have enough time to practice for your personal transformation and healing. And after that, to help with the transformation and healing of other people around you, which is fucking beautiful. This is what it means. Let me break it down. So you're not born a monk right? You're going to have your whole life. And eventually at some point in your life, you're going to decide that you want to be a monk. Well, your whole life has already happened. Who knows what kind of shit you had to go through in order to get through your life in order to survive by whatever age you decided to be a monk. I think he decides that he goes and joins when he's like 16 years old. So to be a monk, you have to have enough time to practice for your transformation and healing. You personally have to take the time to heal and transform yourself so that You can give yourself wholeheartedly to the other people who also need transformation and healing around you. It's a beautiful sentiment. It's something that I am definitely working towards and something that I know can only happen if you have that within yourself. Now, the next thing, Tik Nhat Hong gives a really, really great analogy of a mother and a baby. And he says that when a mother has a baby and the baby is crying and it's uncomfortable, she's she picks up the baby and she holds it tenderly and caresses the baby. And he says, your pain and your anxiety and your fear is your baby. You have to take care of it. You have to pick it up and you have to embrace it and you have to hold it. You have to embrace the suffering in order to get relief. You have to hold it and understand and take care of it and manage it and not push it aside and not ignore it. You know, you can't stifle the baby. You can't kill the baby. You can't ignore the baby. You have to pick the baby up and hold the baby, which is your pain, your fear, and your anxiety. I thought that was a really, really great way to look at it because— 
honestly, for much of my life, I think my baby's just been like crying in the background. I've just been ignoring it and putting on headphones or something like this. And what you really truly have to do is pick it up and hold it and sit with it and understand where it's coming from and be tender and sweet with it and acknowledge it. And if you can continue and practice this this mindfulness and concentration, then you can understand the root and the nature of that fear and anxiety and and what he calls the ill being. And then you know a way to transform it. And you can make the baby stop crying, essentially. But you have to get really familiar with where that is coming from and being be able to actually hold it close to you, pick up the baby, nurture it, understand where it's coming from in order to turn it into something beautiful that you can then move past and move forward and, and reconcile in your world and have compassion with yourself in order to move forward so that you may help other people, which again is like my mo- my number one motivation in life. I just want to help everyone for real. So the only way to for real be able to help people is to really understand your own suffering and your have c- compassion within yourself so that you know how to transform the suffering that within you and you can help others do the same to be more like a monk. And see, this is this is what's easy for me to connect here is that I'm like, we all need to be more like a monk. Like this monk specifically. And what it means to be a monk to him is to have enough time to practice for your transformation and healing so that you can help with the transformation and healing of other people around you. Work on your own shit so you can help other people with their shit and then we'll make the world a better place. It's easy. See? Now, this one is the most important one for me and the one that I tend to forget almost all the time regularly and often one that I really have to practice and the one that I've really I have gotten marketably better at but I really need to do even better at and that is to practice deep listening Thich Nhat Hong says practice deep listening compassionate listening and what he means by this is that you listen with only one purpose to help him or her empty his heart or her heart That is the only purpose of your listening. And now people may have, you know, wrong perceptions or bitterness in whatever it is that they're saying to you, but you have to acknowledge in that moment that it's not the time to change their perception or to talk them out of their bitterness. When you listen and you really listen compassionately, you're really hearing and you let this person unload without without saying anything, without trying to change their perception, you give them the gift of being able to open and release their heart and their feelings. You really are giving this person something special. And I think we all understand that because we've been on that end. We've had somebody who's listened intently to us and who hasn't offered us a solution and who hasn't, you know, judged us and who hasn't interrupted and has really been present and let us know that they are truly listening. Now, to give that to somebody is truly a great, great gift and something that I really, really need to practice and get better at. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, especially considering I can barely get anybody to look up from their phone and pay attention to what I'm saying when I'm having a real-life conversation. It's it's important, and I think it's, it is acknowledged when you are truly listening and you're connecting in that way, just because people are so distracted, generally speaking. So why not, you know, set the tone, impress people, fucking listen. Now, the last thing, what, me, what might be arguably the, the most important, even though I really think the listening is the most important, but this is really helpful, too. The last thing is actually four things. 
And it turns out that this Buddhist monk, Buddhist monk does indeed do uh, some chanting, and they have some man- mantras that they repeat. And I think that really they're applicable to our daily lives. You don't really have to say them out loud, of course, because that would probably be that might be strange considering we you know whatever it is you do in your daily life. But I'll go through them with you, and, and we'll discuss. So the first mantra is. Uh, you're, you're sitting there and you know you're meditating and you're just thinking this in your own mind. And the first one is, darling, I am here for you. And when you, the, the idea here is that when, when you love someone, the best thing that you can do is offer them your presence. You offer them your presence, your true presence. You're not preoccupied with anything in the future or their past, and you're just truly being there for them. And that kind of wraps back with with deep listening and compassionate listening, but you're saying, I am here for you. Now, if you're with somebody, you can just think this. If you're really listening, you don't have to say, darling, I'm here for you, darling, I'm here for you, you know, like, like a weirdo. But just say it in your mind, and you'll know that you're actively participating and actively listening. Now, the second one is... Darling, I know you are there and I am so happy. And this is because you're truly, you're truly acknowledging and recognizing the presence of your loved one. And that's something very precious. And and in order to be loved, you you're being recognized as existing. And and this can also help to remind you to be a compassionate listener because you're looking at this person and you're thinking in your mind, you're not saying because you're not a freak show, you're just thinking in your mind, darling, I know you are there and I am so happy. Now, this is also the reason why I love birthdays. I truly love birthdays. It is legit my favorite holiday. Why? Because it's a celebration of someone. And it makes me upset when people are like, oh, I don't celebrate a birthday or I don't really care about my birthday or whatever. I'm like, your birth, this is your day, man. This is the day you were brought here. And I'm so happy you're here. And I want to let you know by celebrating your birthday. Seriously, that's the best thing you can do for anybody celebrate their birthday because it lets you know that you are acknowledging their existence. I remember having jobs where they just, you know, passed around a birthday card, anybody's birthday, and everybody just signed their name and, and thinking to myself, like, is this really like a legit thing? Is this a nice thing to do? Is it sincere since all of us just go around and literally write our names? And then I remember coming into work and not getting my birthday card until after lunch. And I'm thinking, holy shit, did these motherfuckers not sign their name for me? Like, I was so hurt because I thought that they forgot my birthday card. Okay, so acknowledge people. Darling, I know you are there, and I am so happy. I love that one. That's my personal favorite. Now, he says, the the Buddhist monk, did not Hong, he says that those first two can bring happiness right away. And he says he's mentioning it in, like, the when you acknowledge a person, you're sharing this with the other person. I really think it can bring you happiness when you just say it to yourself. If you're thinking of someone... Say it to yourself. Say it in your mind. You don't even have to say it out loud. Just think it. Now, the last two are a little bit more challenging. And the third one is that you pr- is the one that you practice when, you're, when your loved one suffers. And you say, darling, I know you suffer, and that is why I am here for you. You have to acknowledge that the other person is, pain, is in pain and that you are just here for them. And a lot of the time, he says also that that will bring people a, a good feeling and they'll feel automatically better just with you saying that even when you haven't done anything at all. So this really serves people well when you when somebody's going through something difficult and maybe you don't want to call them because of whatever reason, but send them a text, send them an email, whatever, post on Facebook. I don't really care. Just acknowledge that they're suffering. 
and then I'm here. I'm you're, I know you're suffering. I'm here. I can't tell you how much that meant to me when I was going through a tough time in my life. Just people reaching out on Facebook or sending me a random email. Like even though they weren't even physically there with me in the moment, they were just letting me know, hey, I'm thinking of you. I know that you're suffering, and if you need anything, I'm here. I think that that's huge. I think that we don't do it enough because I mean, at least from me, I'm too scared to bring up something negative that's going on with somebody. So I might know of someone's misfortune, but it's not like me to reach out and say, oh, I know this misfortune. I just want to let you know I'm here. But of course, it's really, really important. And that can be really, really meaningful to people is to acknowledge that they're suffering and acknowledge that that somebody sees you and that, you know, somebody is going to do something and be there for you, even if you don't need them to do anything. Just somebody actually cares that that you're suffering and is acknowledging your pain. Now, the fourth one is really a doozy. I don't really know if this is possible from myself anytime soon, but I'm going to include it because it's fair and because we're all a work in progress and I'm going to try to be a better person with everyone else. So the fourth one is a bit more difficult and it is when you suffer and you're, you know that you're, you believe that your suffering has been caused by a loved one. And so it's the kind of hurt that's, that's so deep, so deep. And when you have this hurt and you suffer at the hand of your loved one, the mantra is to say, darling, I suffer. Please help me. Now, this would mean that you need to go to your assailant, what have you, or the person you're upset with, or the person that you feel has hurt you, and say, I am suffering. Please help me. Which, you know, ego and pride are a hell of a thing. So it's quite challenging for me to admit when somebody has actually hurt me directly. I tend to not be so great at that one. But just to recap, uh, the, the four mantras are that we all should be practicing. And the three of them I really love. That fourth one, you know, we'll see. But number one, darling, I am here for you. Number two, darling, I know you are there and I am so happy. Number three, darling, I know you suffer. That is why I'm here for you. And number four, darling, I suffer. Please help me. See, I can't even say it right. I have a problem. You know, I never thought I would say this, but it's see, it's, it makes sense that we could all be a little more monk-like and do more good for more people most of the time. Like Tit Not Hong. I mean, I love the deep listening, the compassionate listening. I love the mantras. I love the doing the work and the being understanding with yourself. I love all of it, for real. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to today's episode number 15. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoy creating it for you and becoming a better person. We are all in progress. So thank you so much for enduring my progress along with me. As always, you can catch all the show notes at my website, mytalkingdollars.com. And please, if you like the show, would you let me know? Would you subscribe, rate, leave me a review, a star? Let me know. That you're thinking of me, and I'm thinking of you. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And please continue to do more good for more people most of the time. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Yo, 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 I have something extra special this week, and it's an opportunity, one that I just learned about because I'm taking full advantage of it. And did you know? That if you are interested in being a Lyft driver, and I mean Lyft, L-Y-F-T, the competitor, with Uber. Maybe you've heard of them, but if you're interested in being a Lyft driver, did you know that they'll actually give you a car? You can rent a car through Lyft because they have a partnership with Hertz. You can rent a car and you can get this car for free as long as you give a certain number of rides per week. 
That's what I'm doing right now to get a little extra cash because, you know, you need five to seven income streams. That's what millionaires and billionaires have, five to seven income streams. So Lyft's not a bad one, bad one, or a bad one. You can bit money in your bag with Lyft. You get what I mean. Just thought you should know. Love ya. Bye.